Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for protecting us another week of a resurging pandemic. Though we fear COVID-19, we fear you more than anything in this world. Your love and grace is the greatest fear that moves our heart and our souls. Help us to fear you and honor your name as we hear your words now. In the most reverent name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 2, 18-25. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is a commendable before God. To this you are called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his death. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insult at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threat. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For we are like a sheep going astray, but now... You have a return to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. In this passage, Peter instructs slaves how to relate to their masters. Some of us find it irrelevant because slavery was abolished long, long ago. And some of us may find it very uncomfortable because this passage reminds us of the dark history of America's original sin called slavery. American slavery is still disturbing many because it has a biblically and theologically misconstrued and racially driven and deeply entrenched in our psyche. As I said before, slavery was universal in all known cultures. We're not the only one who have a slavery or had a slavery. For instance, one-third of the people in the Roman Empire at the time of Peter was slaves. However, Roman slave, slavery was much more fluid, meaning redeemable. Yes, many slaves become free or earn their freedom one or two generations later. Or more humane, meaning livable than American slavery. So every time we read a slavery text in the Bible, I just want us to remember that once we misread the Bible and justified our greed with a pious theology. At the same time, let us remember two important revelations about the biblical teaching on slave. First, biblical writers introduced a new idea into the mix. The idea of a human dignity, idea of a human dignity. Christian teachers 
had a radical belief that each person has a value and each life is of worth far more than any socio-economical utilitarian values. Everyone is a made in God's image, whether you're a slave or master. God wants to be also father to every human being. Therefore, New Testament writers challenged slave owners to treat their slaves with dignity and respect. They also challenge the slaves to treat their masters with respect and do their work wholeheartedly. So, don't let the Peter's reference to slavery prevent you from picking up the principles he teaches in this passage. That is the second point. Peter is teaching here how to deal with the suffering and how to deal with the mistreatment. From this, no one is exempt. We all suffer. We all experience mistreatment at some point in our lives. The degree of a suffering differs from place to place, from generation to generation, but it is a common to all of us. No matter where you live or when you live, you must learn how to endure suffering. Here, I see three things that we need to notice. Three important truths or principles or whys to endure suffering. First of all, suffering brings us closer to God. Peter said, verse 19, It is a commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. Nothing makes us think more about reality of God, especially the ultimate reality of a life called God, like a suffering. Suffering makes us look at God. Unjust suffering leads us to cry out to God, Why me, God? Why? C.S. Lewis said in his book, The Problem of Pain, this way, Pain insists upon being attended to. Yeah, pain calls us our attention. And God whispers to us in our pleasures. And God speaks in our uh, consciences. But God shouts in our pains. Suffering or pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. End of the quote. Suffering rouses our deaf ears to the sad reality of the world broken by sin. Just like a sick person looks for a healer, suffering makes us conscious of God. That's one blessing, one uh, blessing of the suffering. Second, the righteous suffering makes us uh, commendable to God. Verse 20, Peter said, How is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer from, for doing good and you endure it, it is a commendable before God. There are two kinds of a suffering, unrighteous suffering and righteous suffering. Unrighteous suffering is, according to Peter, receiving a beating for doing wrong, and righteous suffering is enduring the bad for the good. There is a no one who goes through righteous suffering more than our God. From the beginning, God has been misunderstood, offended, rejected, little by one creature who received his love more than anything in the universe. Later in this letter, Peter says, 
But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Why is a suffering, righteous suffering, a blessing? You are not only closer to God, but you are commendable to God. Do you remember Jesus' word, the last uh, beatitude in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10? Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is a kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So righteous suffering. That's a characteristic of an old prophet, Old Testament prophet, as well as any prophetic faithful Christians today. And through our righteous suffering, people can see God actually. F.B. Meyer, great British pastor, said, Child of God is often called to suffer because there's nothing that will convince onlookers of the reality, the power of a true religion as suffering will do when he's born with a Christian fortitude. You know, when we suffer for God, people begin to think about God. Finally, righteous suffering gives us a chance to come after Jesus and make us come closer to Jesus than ever. Look at the verse 21. To this you are called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his death. Righteous suffering creates Jesus in us. The third and final blessing. Righteous suffering creates Jesus in us. Here Peter tells us clearly, Christian faith is not just, uh, not just to believe in Jesus, but to follow Jesus as our example and walk in his steps. Jesus can be a doctrine or a concept that we can domesticate or compartmentalize just in one area of our life. Jesus wants to be everything to us and wants us to make, uh, make him everything. That usually happens when we face unjust suffering and mistreatment. When we face a temptation to revenge and repay evil with the evil, Jesus looms bigger than ever. The rest of today's passage, Peter described the details of Jesus' example of righteous and redemptive suffering. Verse 22, He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. And when, he hurled, when they hurled their insult at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threat. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sin in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for our righteousness. And for righteousness, by his wounds you have been healed. For we are like a sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. Bible tells us Jesus is not only our Redeemer, but also our Judge. Therefore, we don't need a revenge, because God will do for us. He has a promise to settle the score his way. 
When vengeance is truly necessary, God will make or take a vengeance. But we need to remember that He didn't take vengeance on us. But God showed us His mercy. Let us pray that everyone who stands against us today will experience not God's vengeance or even judgment, but somehow very same mercy that set us free. Let us really follow Jesus in his step, even in our suffering, even against the mistreatment and injustice. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, our suffering is nothing compared to the suffering of Jesus. Yet our coming glory is far greater and heavier than any burden and any suffering we bear today. When injustice hits us, help us shout out to you in the name of Jesus. While the world does not know how precious every human being is, we know we are your children because of Jesus' righteous, redemptive suffering that revealed your heart to us. Heal our wounds from injustice with the sacred wounds of Jesus. In the name of our Savior, who took our sin and death on himself in Jerusalem, we pray. Amen.